Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. It is a Friday, so we're going to catch up on some stuff maybe we missed uh, earlier in the week. And just plenty to talk about as we... Fire up. There we go. The Facebook, YouTube, Twitter cam. So it's good to be here. Thanks for joining us. And, you know, the media cannot even ignore at this particular point in time how terrible, how terrible what is happening in Afghanistan is. I mean, they've they've tried. You know, we've seen George Stephanopoulos ask, ask Biden some questions that need to be answered. But they didn't, or he didn't, uh, he didn't press him real hard. He didn't press him real hard, and Biden did, you know, his little routine, his little gig where he tries to do what they're trained to do. Sounds strong, so overly simplify it. You know, we didn't know, we didn't know this was going to happen until it happened, kind of talk. Now we're finding out all sorts of stuff. Internal State Department cable warned uh, Blinken of pending Afghanistan collapse. Anthony Blinken is the Secretary of State. Headline in Fox News uh, from yesterday says this. Officials at the U.S. Embassy in Kabul sent the memo through the department's confidential Descent Channel, a a confidential internal State Department cable was sent to Secretary of State Anthony Blinken last month, warning about the potential collapse of Afghanistan following the full withdrawal of U.S. forces on August 31st, Fox News confirmed on Thursday. That would have been yesterday. Roughly two dozen Officials stationed at the U.S. Embassy in Kabul sent a memo through the department's confidential descent channel to alert Blinken, along with another top State Department official, that the Taliban was well-positioned to take over the nation, the Wall Street Journal first reported. You know, this... I'm going to bring something up here that's going to send the radical left into a tailspin, but it's, it's, it's obvious there are... Uh, there are similarities at this particular point in time to, and I'm not, don't, I'm not saying this is precisely what happened, but this, this has, this is reminiscent of uh, Benghazi. This is reminiscent of Benghazi. And I'll tell you the things that are similar. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's the same scenario, but I'm saying there are things in general, with the way that we had this, we we have this crisis 
that was created by or caused by political pressures in a in a nation in a volatile nation and these pressures were created by you know just the political landscape namely that people did not want to be held accountable um, for they wanted to pretend I guess I should say that things were going well that things were running smoothly they did not want any political consequence domestically right because uh, with Benghazi that was in 2012 that was just a few a few weeks before the election that was a few weeks before the election um you know Obama's second term when he was running against Mitt Romney that was a few weeks before you know most Americans cast their ballot and the narrative back then was as you well know that GM is alive and Osama bin Laden is dead. That's what they were saying. Even Obama would say this. I think Biden said it even uh, during the vice presidential debate against, um, well, I'm drawing a blank on the vice presidential, uh, Paul Ryan. So that was the narrative back then, right? GM is alive. We saved GM in 2008 because the government came in and threw money at this problem and we avoided an economic depression. That's that was the narrative back then. And then, not only that, Biden and Obama got into the White House. Biden, excuse me, Obama suited up with SEAL Team Six right after he helped save Captain Phillips from the Somali pirates. And he said, Let's go get Osama bin Laden. And the way Biden, excuse me, Obama talked in the Rose Garden or wherever he was when he announced the death of Osama bin Laden, it was as though he personally went out and took care of business himself. I've I've delegated this responsibility long enough to the SEAL teams. I need to go out there and take care of matters myself. I take out uh, Osama bin Laden, and here we are, right? Here we are now. Everything's fine. And that was the campaign. That was the narrative in 2012. Because there was an election. And because, again, everything is for political consumption, and it's why I call them the, the, uh, the Democrat Party leaders, the Dramacrats, because this is what they engage in. It's political drama. It's extreme political drama. As we played yesterday, Nancy Pelosi acted as though, yeah, of course they took our equipment. That's what happens when you leave a war. Sometimes, you know, the other side just gets your equipment. Now, I just saw this morning, the Taliban now has our Black Hawk, uh, some Black Hawk helicopters. That's fantastic. Can't imagine, to, can't wait to find out what we let them have, um, you know, tomorrow or ne- by Monday. My goodness, they might have access to Biden's nuclear codes for all we know. I'm kidding, but I mean, in a sense, I'm not, right? <laughs> we, this, is a, this is a dumpster fire. That's what this is. This is a complete, out-of-control dumpster fire. And it is reminiscent of, it is similar to the, just the, the way that they are trying to protect themselves from political fallout 
This is similar to Benghazi. Now, one of the differences is Susan Rice, Obama was, Obama was, uh, I mean, that, that administration was, of course, terribly run as well, but Obama was very politically savvy. He didn't go out there and he didn't play the point man on Benghazi. That was delegated to Susan Rice. Remember this? Susan Rice was supposed to carry this ridiculous, stupid narrative. Susan Rice, who is almost certainly on Biden's short list for Supreme Court uh, justice or, you know, a, a part in his administration, attorney general, what have you, um, in, in the future as, as things change. Hopefully we don't get to the point where uh, he has a second term and, you know, is, is maybe... I guess naming more people, but but she's on those lists, right? She is. She was the one back in 2012 who was supposed to go out and sell this stupid narrative that said related to Benghazi that you know this was just peace. These were just protesters, spontaneous protesters. They were protesting. They they saw some video on YouTube. Some random dude with you know there at the time there were like maybe 17 views of his video. And apparently it was enough to, it, it went trending, I guess, in Afghanistan. This is what we were supposed to believe. And they were offended by the video. And so they grabbed the nearest RPG and they went, they just went ballistic on the U.S. consulate there in Benghazi. But the truth was, the truth was, and, and we know this, and no one's been held accountable we knew, we knew, and this I think is, is the point and how it's uh, one of the ways it's connected here, just as the State Department was warning the Secretary of State Blinken that, hey, when we pull out of here, the Taliban is going to be, this is not good, right? So in that sense, remember Biden yesterday, I played that soundbite from ABC News when he's talking with George Stephanopoulos. And he's like, we knew this was going to happen. We knew, you, you know, this was, this was always going to happen. In a sense, I said in the, in the one sense, he did not know because they wouldn't have done it this way unless they really are that inept. And I said, if that's the case, then this is even worse than he's trying to uh, pretend that it is. But they did know. I mean, that's what these cables are saying, that they knew that this was going to happen. And so we moved forward anyway. Didn't take any precautions. What precautions did we take? Did not care. And there is incredible consequences to pay. As I mentioned, they have our Blackhawk helicopters. And what the heck, man? I, Here's the headline of that. This is in, uh, what is this? This is Epic Times. Yeah, the Epic Times, it says this. U.S. Blackhawks, uh, U.S. Blackhawk helicopters captured by Taliban as horrified senators demand DOD, Department of Defense, audit. So we've, we've seen the pictures you've seen or you've heard the stories of women. Of course, they're, you know, it, it's terrible for women in Afghanistan whenever the Taliban is in charge. One woman reportedly has already been executed for not wearing a burqa. Women were taking their babies and throwing them over fences that had razor wire at the top of them 
just to get their children out of out of the hellhole that would be in Afghanistan run by the Taliban. That is how this this is what happens when I, I said this, we've talked about this, you know this. Whenever faced with extreme tyranny and an evil type of government, an evil group of people that are ruling you, like the Taliban, like the communists, like the fascists, you try to get the heck out of there. You try to get the heck out of there. You you try to flee. If you can't flee, you try to fight it, or you just you have to come to realities that in order to survive, people are different. Some people say, I'm just gonna forsake any hope that I have just to survive. That's the choice left to the Afghan people. Fight, flee, or forsake their freedom. That is it. And I'm not there's that is the that is the choice. Throwing babies over razor wire to escape that. It's atrocious. Even the media can't ignore this. But again, one of the important points here is the State Department had sent cables, you know, uh, protected, um, encrypted messages, right? They sent those in to the State Department to... The State Department sent them to Secretary of State Blinken and said, hey, we got a big problem here. This is going to be taken over by the Taliban um, in a matter of, I don't know if it said how quickly, but it's been, it's been effectively days. I don't even know. It was hours. I mean, the Taliban took over more quickly than the people who ran the nation of Chaz actually stayed in the streets um, before they had to go home to mommy in the basement and have her wash their clean, un- you know, give them some clean underwear and something to, to fill their tum-tums. So that's, the Taliban took over quicker than those folks capitulated and said, hey, this running a nation thing is just a lot of work. I've got to keep my own clean underwear. I got to provide my own food. Remember they had the sign out there in the streets the poster board, this is what we need, get us some jello pudding pops or whatever it was on the sign. Kind of like the Democrat senators who fled the state of Texas uh, as fugitives to the nation's capital. People were putting together care packages for these jokers and dramacrats and clowns. And just to help take, I guess, meet their basic, their basic needs uh, as they took a private jet to D.C. to avoid their own role, their own responsibilities of being legislators in the state of Texas. Dramacrats is what we're dealing with. And in, this, uh, in the case of Afghanistan, and this is what's tragic, is that it's not just political theater with no consequence. This affects real lives. This affects national security in the region, in a volatile region that we have many interests in. This may open the door for more terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda or maybe Al-Qaeda, maybe ISIS, maybe who knows, to operate freely in that region, once again creating a less safe world. Again, we're seven months into this dumpster fire. And today, happy anniversary, Biden, seven-month anniversary Yes, we're celebrating not with candles burning on top of a cake, but a nation burning before our very eyes. Quick timeout. 
listening to conservative, not better talk. I'm going to get some warm fluids into my throat here as I'm struggling. I still with my, my voice and some, I might feel fine. It's just the, the voice gets, uh, sometimes attacked here, um, with, um, with an issue, but we'll try to remedy that during the break and we'll get back here in a minute. So tight back in just a minute. My friends, down some hot beverages during the break. Special thanks to Oz for taking care of that because it does help loosen up the vocals here uh, this morning. So things are, again, bad enough now to where the media cannot even ignore what's going on in Afghanistan. They can't. In fact, CNN yesterday, I think this was yesterday. Yeah, this was yesterday. CNN is actually one of their uh, journalists. Well, I don't want to say she she had a moment of of actually being a journalist. Her name is Clarissa Ward. She's on the ground in Afghanistan. I believe this is the woman who um, we haven't played the soundbite, but you've probably seen it where she um, said the Taliban is chanting death to America, but it's still remarkably. It's still very peaceful. She, I don't know, doesn't see the uh, the violence baked into the words death to America. I don't know. But anyway, that's its own thing altogether. But now she's it, things are even bad enough to where she's asking the administration, you know, if this isn't failure, what does failure look like? Because... Being on the ground here in Afghanistan, and I'm paraphrasing what she's saying, but I think I think that this is a true depiction of what she says. You know, being on the ground of Afghanistan and looking at the chaos at the airport and looking at the fear, the uncertainty, the terror in the eyes of people as they're trying to figure out how to navigate this dumpster fire, my words, not hers, created here by the Biden administration. If that's not failure, what's happening, the people here would like to know what that looks like because, candidly, we don't want to get anywhere near it because this seems like an unmitigated disaster. So I want to play this soundbite for you. This is uh, Clarissa Todd talking back with uh, the studio. There's some back and forth here about what's going on in Afghanistan and why she concludes this little clip here was with basically saying if this isn't failure what is failure because this is just disastrous so here's this exchange it's actually mostly men that we are seeing who are evacuated it makes sense because it's men who are the translators and the cultural advisors but their families too should be eligible where where are the women who are eligible perhaps to evacuate I mean, you have to ask yourself, what kind of a man or what kind of a woman 
you know, what kind of a man is going to bring his wife and children into that tornado of insanity outside yeah. the airport? I mean, it, it takes a lot of guts, and, and, and there's such a lack of certainty that you're even able to get in. We have seen and heard uh, these reports, and our British colleagues who are staying in the area where the British paratroopers are uh, have, have heard and spoken directly to British soldiers who say that they have seen people so desperate that they are passing and throwing their babies over the razor wire to try to get them into safety. I mean, I can't even fathom what level of desperation an individual needs to be at where they are literally throwing their baby over razor wire to try to get them to safety. But I think what that very clearly speaks to is the panic the lack of clear information. The rumor mill is in overdrive. There's hysteria. You have Taliban fighters with whips, with guns. You have U.S. and U.K. soldiers who are not allowing people in. You have mixed messaging coming through about what kind of paperwork you need and how you can get on flight and where you can go. I mean, it is just an absolute mess. And we heard President Biden say yesterday in his uh, comments to ABC News that this is not a failure. And I think a lot of people outside that airport, particularly those taking the kinds of extreme actions we're just talking about, would like to know if this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? If this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? We have women throwing babies over razor wire. We have, I mean, pandemonium and chaos, mixed messaging. We have different requirements being told to the people. As to what they need to do, we have reports of the Taliban now in control of Black Hawk helicopters, right? I mean, we have, uh, there's other reports here where the Taliban is going door to door. Here it is, the Daily Wire, Taliban going door to door seeking Christians, searching through phones for Bible apps. I mean, folks, this is... This is a week. I mean, we're a week into this, basically. Days into this. And they're already looking for uh, the people, whether they be Christians, whether they be um, people that had helped the Americans, these translators, folks that helped in some capacity cooperate with the U.S. forces. They're going around looking for them and looking for women who don't have burqas, letting people know that they're back in, in charge and that they will make a um, they'll make a point out of your disobedience if you don't comply. Folks, th- I, I just she acts confused here and, and she's asking good questions. I wanna be I don't want to be too hard on on her because I'm I'm sure Clarissa Ward. First of all, she's employed by CNN, who has no interest in truth. Second of all, I have no idea where she went to school, but I'm pretty sure it's a place that has a hatred for the United States that probably taught her that the real problem in the world isn't what's happening in these other nations; it's what's happened in the United States of America. This is what our younger people are being taught. Lots of places today, but it's what anyone who went to certain schools was taught 20, 30 years ago. Now it's becoming more, I guess, popular to teach some of this nonsense. 
But she, she is asking the right questions here. Namely, if this isn't failure, then help us understand what failure would look like because this seems pretty bad. Women throwing their babies over razor wire. You know how hopeless they feel? I mean, they don't, I mean, it, it's as though they're saying, I love this child. And, and as, a, as a parent, I mean, this really, as a human, this tugs at your heartstrings. As a parent, it even does, at least I think in my mind, more because I can relate to it even differently. Uh, than, than not having kids, but we all get this theory that says, you know, I do anything for my kid, right? I would, especially when you, when you look up and you say the Americans are gone and you look at who's in the white house and you think, you know, just like the, the folks coming to the Southern border, they come down there and they are literally on record saying we're here because Biden's in office. And basically he's just letting us in for free. You know, no, no real questions asked. That's why we're here. I mean, you can hear him say this. I'm paraphrasing again, but that's that's the general message. Biden's in charge, so we thought we'd come. Trump was talking about walls and, you know, um, sending people back to Mexico and um, just all, you know, making sure that we couldn't cross legally, that there'd be consequences. And got a new guy in town who acts as though border security is priority number 26,000 on his list. But likewise, likewise, um, you have people that that realize that there's a, a change in the administration, that you don't have an American first president who, who, by the way, Trump said we're pulling out of Afghanistan anyway. He's on record as saying it's not wrong that Biden pulled us out. What's wrong is how we did it. What's wrong is how we did it. And so these poor people there, they know this. They know that. This that a U.S. presence that's going to actually protect them from the Taliban is is not there anymore. And I'm again, I'm not. You can ask these questions without saying that we should be involved in, you know, building nations and you know trying to get people to embrace, you know, to the degree we were there to, you know, to to try to promote, really push democracy or you know constitutional government or what have you um, that wasn't rooted in you know any religion but in this case Islam let people be free sort of thing but um, I'm not arguing for that I'm simply saying that there are consequences for what we've done and how we've done it and this is this is them and now these parents these mothers and fathers realize it's it's better for this child to not be here I may never see him or her again. I'm going to toss him or her over this, I mean, in the air, over razor wire. All sorts of bad things could happen in that scenario. But it's, in their mind, it is worth the risk because of what they would face in the Taliban, in Afghanistan, under the leadership of these maniacal, evil people. Folks, this is, this is today's modern version of totalitarianism, Sharia law how the Taliban rule. This is the same thing as communism in many ways. This is the same thing as fascism in many ways. And this is just, it violates everything in human nature to live the way that these poor people are now being forced to live. And I'm long in this segment. I think the voice is better, but we'll see. Quick time out. Listen to any conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute.
Welcome back, my friends. I mean, this again. I, I, I it's a Friday. I don't want to keep <laughs> drop this uh, too heavy, but th- this is this is just awful. What we're what we're witnessing here. I, I I don't know what else to say about this. And CNN and the media can't hide this uh, from this reality any longer. They have to ask. The questions. They have to ask the questions. But going back to what she said, the very end of her of her comment, or I guess it was it was a couple times within her uh, remarks back to the studio there at CNN. Again, this uh, reporter Clarissa Ward in Afghanistan. She, I think, what what is a little. Uh, it's totally predictable, but it's still, it's it is dumbfounding to watch, to watch her just act, not have any sort of idea that that I guess the Taliban are run by totalitarians, that people, when faced with totalitarian governments, again, they either fly, they they either fight, flee, or forsake their freedoms and just give in to be a part of the system but it's it's never willingly the only people that want to do it willingly are the people who are put in positions of power where they can lord it over everyone else where they can be the one calling the shot those are the people who are um the only ones that enjoy communism or these totalitarian type regimes the people who are forced to live under them don't want anything to do with it and what's remarkable to me what's remarkable to me is that certainly i mean today's radical left is not like just arguing for a lifestyle well there are some that are marxists and and the taliban and marxism is ruling by islamo fascism and ruling by communism or fascism itself those are those things are very similar they're very similar structurally to one another they basically say we're the boss you're the you're the servant you're the subservient you do what we tell you to do or there will be hell to pay you'll pay dramatically uh, we will make examples out of you. There will be no tolerance. Um, you will have no freedom and liberty. You will believe what we tell you to believe. You will do what we tell you to do. And as long as you do that, there well, there may not be any problems. There may still be problems because anytime a government's run by people like that with power like that, there are no rules ultimately. The rules are what they make them to be. And if they want what you have... If they want, um, it, well, if they, if, if they see a woman walking by and they want her, they will, you know, they'll take her. They believe that they they have the right to do whatever that they want. If you say things against them and their authority and you challenge them, you mock them, you talk about Christianity or freedom, talk about the West, if you don't start every sentence with death to America— I mean they you will become their enemy and they will make you they will make you pay. This is this is so predictable. This is so predictable when you look at how totalitarians rule. I mean th- this is this is the formula. 
This is the formula. It happens in more places than I care to admit. It's affected more lives on this planet than free market capitalism over the course of, of history has has had the ability to influence these totalitarian regimes. And that's why I say, that's why I love America so much because when you have a full understanding of what life has been like on planet Earth under governments throughout history compared to what we have today, I mean, this is a, again, there's not, there's certainly problems with the United States of America. There certainly are, we're not perfect. It's darn good. It's the best country on planet Earth. And people act like it's not, but we are better off than the vast, 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 vast majority of people who have ever walked this planet. And case in point, look at what's happening in Afghanistan today. And this journalist, this Clarissa Ward, she's just dumbfounded. It's like she didn't, I mean, where were you during the Cold War? Where were you during the Taliban's reign earlier, 20 years ago? I just, I mean... It's almost it's almost as though she deliberately put her head in the sand not to see how these you know, how these groups of people govern. And we have leftists here that literally want to push us more towards I'm not saying to Islamofascism, I'm saying to the same type of mentality which says there is a ruling class of people that can tell you how to live your life. They're in charge, the rest of you Rubes, you hayseed hicks, you people in flyover country need to sit down and shut up while the liberals among us make the decisions, the smart people, the technocrats to solve all of our problems and issues. And they believe we would have utopia and peace on earth Earth, if only us rubes and hayseed hicks would comply with their ruling, with their dictates, with their edicts. Of course, what happens when people are forced to comply with those things is what we see happening in Afghanistan. People flee from it, they fight it, or they just give up and forsake their freedoms. It's a sad, sad state of affairs. It was completely avoidable, and it falls squarely, 100% squarely, on the Biden administration. Got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. Friends, I thought I should maybe wrap up today by just giving you an update on some things happening here. As you know, um, we are beginning the Truth Tour, what we're calling the Truth Tour here in the not-too-distant future. We have um, sold our house. We're still here. We can be, uh, you know, per the final agreement with the buyer, we can be here for about another few another few weeks um, but we've um, just yesterday with the help of one of our actually one of our advertising partners Greg Hubler Greg Hubler Ford and Muncie and I want to say thanks to Chet for taking care of us up there took really good care of us got a really good vehicle at a really fair price and so now the next thing is we're actually doing uh, we <laughs> 
Folks, this this truck I'm driving. I never I never imagined I would drive something this big, but we're pulling a, a fifth wheel. We've we've kind of shifted gears here from um, a class A motorhome, which is really what we were looking at at first. And there's definitely advantages, but there's also advantages um, to the to the fifth wheel and to the uh, the Ford F three fifty that we we have. And anyhow, so I just wanted to tell you that there's some progress on that front. Um. And things are, I guess, uh, you know, coming together. And so the Truth Tour, for those of you who may have forgotten or were not here when I told you, basically, when we started this program back in 2000, actually, we just, we just passed. I got to get better at recognizing anniversaries here, but we just passed our uh, six-year anniversary on August. Ten days ago was our sixth anniversary for, for launching this program, August 10th of 2015 is when we started when I started podcasting two floors above my head in, uh, in my wife's closet in the bedroom. And now, of course, uh, we're on the radio and expanded and you know, we're, we're trying to expand more. And so we're going to take that message. We're going to go and speak at places around the country. If you'd like us to speak where you are, anywhere in the country, I want to hear from you. You can email me, Todd, at com, and we'll see if there's a way that we can Speak at your church or event or what have you, but that's what we're doing. Going to take the show to um, you know other radio stations and television. We have the TV show now, two TV stations as well. And I just wanted to give you an update. Those things are coming together, and uh, praise be to God. And it's it's been a heck of a journey. So we'll keep you posted. Better timeouts necessary. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. friends that's all the time that we have for this week i know that look i i don't i don't like talking about these heavy things all day every day but i mean the, the realities are these are important this is unavoidable this the mess here the the trapped americans the afghans who are you know throwing babies over fences who are trying to extra, escape extreme tyranny all this stuff i mean there, there's so many lessons here and there's so many sad stories and just things we have to be aware of and fight vigilantly against but i've got to go have a great weekend see you monday sdg take care